Hello, everyone, and welcome to Material Possessions, the official podcast of prosandcons.com. The only podcast. The uh, only <laughs> content regularly, I guess, at this point. Uh, we're back uh, after the general two-week wait uh, and after the new year with our the other set of our crew, the, the people who were not in the last New Year's episode, so it's their New Year's episode. Wow. Uh, it is. It is your New Year episode. I'm celebrating you guys. Uh, wow, we did it. Oh, gosh. Wow. That, Thank you. That exasperated sigh slash sense of wonder you just heard was one John Warren. John, Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. It's a new year. It's a new me, and I'm ready to talk to a cuff. Did, did you break your toe in the new year? Or yeah, that was a, that was uh, almost a week ago. So okay. I, we're recording this on a Wednesday. I broke it on Thursday, and I stubbed it again yesterday on Tuesday morning. So, yeah. Ooh. How did it... Can you describe what you felt yesterday when you stubbed it? Uh, immediate, um, like, hurt so bad that the tears just came. Like, there was oh, no... God. There was no like, you know, I, I when I broke it, it was frustrating. But yesterday, it hurt so it, much worse when I did that. Mm. Yeah, uh, but it's Sorry, fine. Dude. I looked at it and it was fine. So glad did it's you, fine. Did you stub it the same way you broke it? Uh, I stubbed the. I broke it on my desk chair and I stubbed it again on the uh, on an open door. So it was like open a little bit more, and I was like. I was moving through it in my wheelchair and I was moving my leg through the side. It's hard to describe, but I basically was like moving my leg forward to get it in front of me in my wheelchair. And I just kicked the door, like the side of the door. Do you not have um, like a cast on it or anything? Oh, no, no. I mean, I have, it's tied to my it's like taped to my other toe. Okay, but at least there's no cast. Yeah, there's not that you can't do anything. If it's your so big toe, you can. But if it's like a small toe, you're like. You can't do anything about it, really. So you're using your other toe as a splint for your broken toe. Yes, correct. Huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that what they recommend. Sense. That's what they yeah. recommend. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's like when I think about it, it seems like an insane thing. Oh yeah, it's t- it's totally insane. But it's also insane to be so stupid that you just kick your desk chair when you're like trying to move around in it and you break your toe. So uh, yeah, I guess it's just kind of six of one, half dozen of the other, right? I feel like that's going to happen to me one day. I stub my toe like habitually, uh-huh. like I would say at least once a week. Mm. I do it in the hurt so bad I need to like lean over and like uh-huh. I I put pressure on it as if that will help, and I don't know that it doesn't. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I do that once a week, and eventually it's just gonna be like fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm uh-huh. I'm done. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad uh, to join- be here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, glad joining that you're us- alive. <laughs> the Thanks. those well wishes you just heard were coming from one uh not bullied enough Natalie Flores. Yeah, I'm really good at wishing my superiors well wishes. I always have been. I think we can all agree. <laughs> <You're> su- <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I know you're good at. <laughs> I like how you said superiors as if we still work for John. I, right. I know. Uh, I'm like, heart, wait, what? I told someone this recently, like I would follow John like anywhere. I would follow uh, that man. Y'all are and so, so in my mind, I still am working for John, even if like an unofficial capacity. Like wherever he goes next, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going there. Well, actually, no, because I just went somewhere else, but in like in spirit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's your, what is your official title now? Do you want to talk yeah, about that at all? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know my official title yet. I should probably ask about that. I was too excited about joining. Um, but I am doing PR at Future Friends Games, uh, which is known for publishing games like EXO1 and Omno and the upcoming Europa, which looks so beautiful. It was shown at the recent Wholesome Snack event and it, it was at the end and it was marvelous. Um, but they also do PR for games like Vampire Survivors, uh, What the Golf, Heaven's Fault, um, Frog Detective 2, like these amazing indie games. And so I am so thrilled to be like with such wonderful people. Today was my third day and it's going well. I'm it, very happy. If they don't have a title for you, I'm going to say right now, give them a title to give you. <gasps> that's, yeah. that's such Sounds a good. That's such like, a fucking power Like be move. like senior PR manager. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah, add, yeah. add stuff on top of that. Trust me. That's, that's the, the veteran person's uh, so advice. True. That's such a good I'm going idea. to take the, the energy from fanbite and make myself featured PR person. <laughs> <laughs> PR person. That's what I am. You're a perp. A PR perp. Oh, a PR, PR perp. perp. Okay. Yeah. Featured perp. I mean, <laughs> I, I have to imagine some work is going to be done uh, by Natalie, uh, which would earn her the title of perpetrator. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, it's, I know it's coming. Uh, so, please. but now you have to, you have to be nice to people, or you don't get paid. Mm. Right. And then at right. Fanbat, I got paid to be mean to people. Right. That's yes. true. Yep. So it's a different dynamic, but one yeah. that I absolutely excel at because I am a master of all trades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I want to see those emails at some point. I'm just curious how those... I, like, I want to sign up I for that saw PR one email. Today. I saw my first today, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm very curious because writing PR emails actually not all that fun. You think it would be like you know you, you get the it's writing whatever, but you you have to keep everything so like oh I'm here to do like a job and sell a thing. Right. And that's I'm not gonna say less interesting because like I'm not talking shit about my job, but like <laughs> not as fun as being mean. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right, right. I mean, with the press release, there's such a, like, there's a specific purpose there. There's very little sort of, you know, artistic merits inherent with that. But, like, I I do like being able to play within the confines. Like, I do like trying to make the sentence that is, like, purely marketing sound as not boring as possible, like a challenge to myself. It's nice. And you're also in a place that you can do that. Yeah. As opposed to, like, if you work for, like, right. EA or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, those are very, very standard. I, I don't know how I would function in those. I'm not sure if I would be matched in personality. Mm. But thankfully, yeah. I am at a place that focuses on indie games and is really, like, colorful and fun and sweet. And, like, yeah. me, all the things that describe me, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> you try to do PR for a Battlefield game, which is a... Funniest oh concept. I, I would love to see that. It'd be so funny. Um, it, it doesn't have a story, but it has guns, like 10 of them. Ooh. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, that's joining us also this week are the dulcet tones of one Mike Williams. Hello, hello, folks. Welcome to Materia Possessions. Oh, uh, you wow. are just bragging. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's velvety smooth. Wow. Right? Just stunt on the rest of us, I guess. 
Yeah, I try. Seriously. I try. I do have a radio voice. My partner, uh, who is uh, here in the room as well, like every time I I bust out radio voice, they're like, "You don't talk like that normally." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." I get I get the same thing, Mike. Where I'll like I'll leave the room after recording one of these. My wife is just like. That's fucking schmo voice that you're doing. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not, what, I'm not doing I a feel, voice. I feel She's like, like yes, you, you spoke very similarly in person. What I do know right. is like, I know when you politely laugh when you don't mean it. Like, I can tell that <laughs> part really okay. well. Yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> where would you ever be in a situation with John where that would come up? I wonder. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I, I have like I definitely know I have the two voice like I could I can go lower and I can talk in a more like professional way. Uh-huh. But when I'm actually like just thinking like spitting words out of my head, mm-hmm. my voice tends to get a bit higher and a bit tighter. Right. And I that's probably my more normal voice, and the radio voice is a more conscious affectation. That word is a nice word, affectation. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It totally happens, and like it does. Anytime, even when I was doing like the US Gamer podcast or anything else, like I'd slip into slightly lower than my normal speaking voice. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I did a PAX panel with you once, Mike, and like you did that voice pretty much the entire time. Like Mike knows what he's doing. Mike knows how to host a goddamn PAX panel. (laughs) 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 But welcome to Material Possessions, the apparently, and I don't know if this is true, and I know I can find out, but I don't want to go find out, the number one gaming podcast in New Zealand. Yes, wow. New Zealand. That's New, so New Zealanders cool. have rights. New, Zealand, New Zealanders please invite are us. the sexiest people. We will do promo if you let us come to New Zealand. Yes. I wonder if it's because I talked about Lord of the Rings that one time. Maybe. And just, <laughs> and just they, they they put it in the newspaper like, podcast, Virginia Possessions talks about <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and thus everyone in New Zealand had to listen to us. I mean, it had to be something. And Lucy O'Brien was stuck there for like a month. So <gasps> yeah. she listened that, to us on repeat. That makes sense. Yeah. Hey, if uh, Kimbra, if you're listening to this, uh, my email address is john at floppyadult.com. Just, <laughs> so, just so you know. Kim, Kimbra's good. She's from New Zealand. Anyway. Mm. Mm, uh, I'll tell you what's not from New Zealand. <laughs> okay. I was going to say Ella Belinsky, <laughs> but I, I don't know that she's not, I guess. Uh-huh. But anyway, she's the, she's the main character for Spoken, which is a game that both John and Mike have been playing. Yeah. And appeared to take over the discourse for exactly one day and one then we moved on to something else. Mm-hmm. So, t- Mike, you, you actually got like this is a review copy. So you've been playing it for a little bit. How... How should I feel about Forspoken? Is it a game that I should spend $70 on? It, no. It is not. And it's real weird for me because like I went on when the reviews came out and the discourse started, it was, I was there being like, like the game is not that bad, but it's not good either. Like, no, like there's a lot of people that are treating it like it is the worst thing that Square Enix has ever put out. Oh no, that, um, that's certainly that's not, that, that's not even true. Not, not even the past five years, is that true? No, not even oh, in the like, past year. Like, Babylon's yeah. Fall, like, literally, oh, if you have yeah, not played duh. it, was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. have that tradition of the, the terrible January game. 
Right. Like Quiet Man, Balan Wonderworld, yep. uh, Babylon's fa- Fall, and then like this is the January game. And if this is the worst thing they've put out all year, then like this is going to be a good year for them. Yeah, yeah. It, this is better than all of those previous January games in that I can see like the better game inside of it if they had cut things and fixed other things. But it's not good either. Right. Mm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I'm playing it moment to moment, it's it's kind of fun actually. But like the execution of the story, the execution of parkour is it's just not quite there. Like it they yeah. they mis- they make mistakes. The parkour being unimpressive is like really wild to me because they were hanging their hat on that thing. Yeah. Like they're like, oh yeah, the, the exploring the open world should be fun, which I agree. Mm-hmm. It should be fun. But it's just like you're holding right and occasionally pressing circle to grapple onto things uh-huh. and like are holding right trigger. And they're like, that's it. That's the entire parkour system. Yeah. So it's like it's it's holding circle. And the, part of the problem is one, it, it has like a hot second to get Spun up. It does. It's it. got, yeah, it's got like a, a, a spin up time, which is odd to me. And yeah. so, if you do it, like, let's say you're near a wall and you want to parkour up the wall, you hit the button. And if the spin up time, if you touch the wall before the spin up time is done, then she just hits the wall and stops. Right. Um, like, like Sonic Adventure 1? Yeah. Yeah, actually, yes. Um, so what you need to do if you want to park up the wall is actually be a bit back away from the wall before you hit the parkour button. Uh, and then the other issue is that occasionally, like, you'll want to uh, stop or something like that. And if while she's parkouring, she hits anything, she'll try to move over that thing. So there's a uh-huh. lot of, like, I want to stop here. And then she'll like hit a wall and do a kickflip or something, you know, like I, I didn't need to do all that. Like when you're just an open world and you're running around, it feels pretty good, but like it's the details where it gets it wrong. Um, and so it's like, like, I can't even like, yeah, this is fun, but also you guys didn't tune this well enough, especially if parkour was the thing that you wanted people to really get from this. It's just not, perfect it's not entirely right and combat you know it, it's pretty good but it could be better and storytelling i mean everyone's a clown on yeah, the, the seen that yeah. yeah yeah and it gets better uh like she okay. gets more human uh and less cartoonish as you get further in but also like it takes you like a, a uh, a friend of mine was playing the game on Twitter. It took like two hours to get to like the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's about how long it takes. Yeah. And Nike. it's and that yeah. first two hours is not good. It's like it bad. front loads mm-hmm. all of the problems in the very beginning, which is like the opposite <laughs> of what a game should do. Yeah. That, that's weird because like they know about it. Luminous Studio made FF15, a game that is like thoroughly unimpressive. Uh-huh. But like they that game got you into the open world and playing things relatively fast. Like you do the uh what was the what was the opening song of that game? Uh Stand By Me. 
stay, you, yeah, you do the stand yeah. by me segment where you're pushing the car. Then you go talk to Cindy. Then you're like playing the game inside of 15 minutes, maybe probably even less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's weird that they, they thought, no, no, we need a big overwrought intro for this thing. Uh, well, and, and, and it's, and it's not mechanically dense in any sort of interesting way. It, the scripting of almost everything in that opening hour is frank, frankly, very, it, I would call it amateur if it didn't also just scream to me that none of these departments ever really talk to each other. Um, that's what it says to me, at least like it's, it's a very clunky introduction to the game. And then even the, the trickle drip of mechanics that starts to introduce you to, it's just so slow. It's so unbelievably slow. And for a game about ostensibly about parkouring through an open world, I have no idea how you start a game like that. Uh, That's, that's mortifying to me. Yeah, and and then I, of course my other problem, like everyone has uh, clowning on the dialogue. My other problem is necessarily how they write her character, right? In yeah. that, and, and this is the same problem I had with Aloy in Horizon mm-hmm. Forbidden West, in that your friends, like the main character, does not treat her friends right. Like, right. it's the exact same problem. I'm just like, this is your friend. Like, these are the people that are right. helping you mm-hmm. save the world. Just be nice to them. Like, you don't have to be nice to anybody else. Right. And and part of Forspoken is, is this idea that Frey, having grown up an orphan, doesn't trust anyone, but also, like, like come on. Like, these people are helping save your lives. At least, uh, you know, pull back a little bit. And she does. It just also takes a while. Mm-hmm. So, the the dialogue, the story is the thing people are talking about. Sure, and like I feel like there's there's weirdly two very distinct camps here mm-hmm. of people going, "This dialogue is the worst thing I've ever heard," and people going, "Actually, it's fine," and like kind of ginning up some weird reasoning for why people are hating it. But I also don't. I think the the people who are good, like. Ex- on the extremely far end of this is ter- like the worst thing I've ever heard are insane. Like it is bad, but not there's worse in video games and in TV and movies. But, yeah, but the, I, the, the, the people who say that this is the worst thing I've ever heard. I swear to God would go see Deadpool tomorrow and yes. go like this fucking rules. Like it's the same shit. It's the same. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, it's all in the service of not taking your own world seriously. And I know not everything has to be this like by like humor is good to have in these big dramatic fantasy settings. I think humor is a thing that people forget about when they write these worlds because they act like just because tragic things or big, unbelievable things are happening that people would just ditch any sense of irony or humor or uh, 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 comical observation, which I think is is false. But this kind of writing, this kind of I'm going to constantly – critique and comment on the absurdity of the stuff that's happening doesn't do a whole lot for anything in, Mm -hmm. in, in the entire chain. And I do think it sucks. I don't, I just don't happen to think it's worse. It's like that much worse than a lot of the stuff that a lot of people have really fucking loved over the past five years. Yeah, I do. I, 
The reason I think it's worse is, one, Square Enix was, like, hanging their hat on the writing for, like, a decent part of the marketing because, like, that was the preview event went preview event I went to sure. where they, like, made us watch an hour-long video with the writers. Right. For the preview. And it was just like, oh, oh this is interminable. Like, yeah. they don't know what... Uh, you get the feeling there's, like, no one really knows what they're making here, and it feels like they don't realize they're writing a video game at all. Mm. Uh, so, like, that initially sets expectations that could not possibly be met in even a bet scenario, and it sounds like they weren't met in bad scenarios to begin with. Yeah. And the other thing is, this is a new world where people who are looking at this game, mm-hmm. which is, whether they say it or not, clearly based on Agni's philosophy, that one yeah, that uh, tech, tech demo, demo, right? Mm-hmm. Which looked interesting. Uh-huh, like, sure. it looked like it, like, if you were looking to a Square Enix game like this, you are someone who's already probably like bought in on Host 16 and like uh-huh. other Final Fantasy games. So you don't think the idea of a fantasy world where witches control like society and are have grown power hungry is absurd and like uh, absurd to the point that it needs to be made fun of. So mm-hmm. when you have a character that's like there just constantly making fun of it, that kind of kills the world building. Yeah, it does. I I, I think I totally agree. I, I agree. Yeah, I I think that's where it like draws. When you try to put it like the the wall between that and like the Marvel esque dialogue, I think the Marvel esque dialogue at least gets that you make fun of the thing that someone's not going to be able to relate to. But I'm already buying this, knowing that I need to be able to, I need to relate to the world and the story if I'm going to care about it at all. Sure. Yeah. Um, maybe. Oh. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, like for me, I like the issue is more in in execution. Uh, like frequency and stuff, because I think you can do the idea, like I can see where they were coming from, the idea of a protagonist that gets isekai'd and does not want to engage Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the isekai at all. And like I was talking with Austin about this on Twitter and it brought up um, this old book series by Stephen R. Donaldson called The Chronicles of Thomas Covenant, The Unbeliever. And that's the same thing, and that the isekai, the the person goes to another world, and they do not want anything to do with this other world at all. I do think it can be done. I don't think this was the way to do it. And even within the moment, like, like they they dial it up to 11 all the time. All the time. And if you pulled it back to, like, a 7... I think it could have worked. Yeah. I think part of it for me is that most of the diet, like the, the back and forth is between Frey and the bangle who sounds absurdly like Steven merchant. And it's like, okay, you, you want to have like a buddy cop comedy, but it's, and granted, I have not played the game, so I might be completely wrong here. And I'm sorry if I accidentally spoil anything, but this is just a guess. It's so fucking obvious that bangle is evil. It's so obvious <laughs> uh, that that no. bangle is going to be like the big bad in some way. So I'm like looking at this or listening to this dialogue going, this motherfucker is going to turn on me at some point. So why am I like investing in this buddy cop thing right now? And, and which maybe maybe that's a twist that I just don't see yet. It, uh, part of the issue is yeah. you spend the most time around <laughs> Cuff, who, which is the name of the, the bangle and uh-huh. Cuff. And Frey, like, never really become friendly. Like, they are always sniping at each other, which right. is why they added that little 
um, meter to turn down how much Cuff and Frey talk to each other. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> like, like as an experience of just having two people constantly bicker and there not being any particular growth, but also just like the fact that the character work wasn't done there. Instead, they just sort of relied on having this option where you could toggle it down and decide how much of the story you want to get delivered, how much of this characterization you want to receive. It's just very weird and feels, I don't know, I've never used this or say this normally, but it feels a little lazy. Yeah, and she warms well, up to other characters, but the, the sure. cuff thing never really, really comes together. And it even kind of puts paid to the idea uh, that she doesn't trust anybody. Um, right, but also, it's clear that she shouldn't trust the cuff. Because he's giving off, like, huge bad cop and usual suspects vibes. <laughs> like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've only played two hours of it, so I can't. I can't speak to like if the cuff eventually does turn on you or whatever. There, but but my big thing, Mike, because you mentioned the isekai stuff and like how she enters the isekai world and doesn't want to fucking engage with any of it. But I, I, the entire first hour of the game is establishing that her life on Earth fucking sucks like it just it involves her being almost hit with a a three strikes rule by a judge who i guess lets her off easy although they they treat the criminal justice system real weird in this game shocker um uh and like her fucking apartment burns down because gang members have burned it down she had to give her cat to the judge for some fucking reason uh, so that she could basically get out of town and stop making uh, life a living hell for everyone. So she gets isekai and then immediately is just like, this world fucking sucks too. And I'm just like, I like, I don't, as a, as a character, as a player of a game, pick a fucking lane. I need to be able to like you in some way. And if you're just yeah. not going to engage with fucking anything, I'm like, why the fuck would I want to follow you around for 15 hours? Like this sucks. She, she does, I by actually, the way, as soon as she gets the isekai, get attacked by a dragon and then end up with the land rot. So, right. Yes, <laughs> but, but yes, there, there, there's I, very little I, wonder in her. Yeah. I personally really like the idea of, like you were saying, Mike, of, not wanting to deal with the isekai. I like the idea of being like, wow, I'm getting Alice in Wonderland to like a different fantastic world. Mm. Oh God, this place also sucks for like minorities as well. uh, Sure. Also, you pick up the the fucking book, Alice in Wonderland in your apartment, by the way. If if you can imagine anything being more on the nose, but go ahead, Mike. Uh, Yeah, that's why I was about to say, like, she picks up the Alice in Wonderland book, which is seemingly one of the few books she uh, owns. owns. And it's like a baby book or something. It's so weird. Yeah. There does need to be that moment of like, and it never really happens where she like ends up in the other world and she's like, wow, this is amazing. And then she gets attacked by a dragon. Uh It's just, why am I here? Then she gets attacked by a dragon. Then the rot of the land and like it just keeps going poorly for her and there's never a moment of like wow this is actually kind of cool right but i don't want to be here anymore yeah i think that would have been such a or i i don't know how it turns out but a cool character arc of like 
seeing that this world has beauty and that maybe the real world might have some beauty still, sure. you know, being capable of showing up, like even if life gets you down and like is really terrible to you. But I mean, I'm not sure if that happens. So like, don't, don't quote me on that. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but. <laughs> I, I haven't finished it, but it, it's so far it has not necessarily happened. Uh, mm. and, and I'll say that the writing of this was uh, rough enough that, I kind of look at uh, Project Ragtag, which people don't remember, but that was uh, uh, Amy Hennig's Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. game yeah. that Todd Stashwick, one of the writers of this, also worked on. And like the way this turned out, like almost makes me side eye at Project Ragtag and be like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess the question is, who does the blame fall on on this one? Because it, there's so much blame to actually go around that it sounds like the performance is fine. Like Ella Balinska did a a fine job as Frey. Oh, sure. But the, li- yeah. the lines they were feeding her were just not great. And they mm-hmm. seem to think that they should keep going as ham as possible on that. But like... Gary Witt and Amy Hennig wrote The World. How much of that is on them? How much is that on Reimer and Stashwick who are, like, doing the dialogue? Mm -hmm. Like, there's also a, like, both racial and gender component to the backlash of would people be fine with uh, someone who isn't a black woman? Yeah, saying this stuff. And also, do they don't really wrestle with the blackness of the character in any way to the point where like I don't know if you remember remember that preview I did where they described Mm -hmm. her as like Mm -hmm. having the hip hoppy walk (laughs) like if you have like two white writers feeding a black character dialogue and it's annoying is it because she's black or because they don't know how to write for a black character at all Mm. they just don't want to deal with it at all like this is when I heard about this game as a uh, it was not a candidate for FF16 because they were never going to allow FF16 to be made with that much American like influence, or, or have a black like, protagonist, or have a black protagonist. <laughs> uh, but like that, they they wanted this to be like a huge project. Like Wada moved his offices closer to the studio so he could look over this as like his right. project. Mm-hmm. Where did it go? Like it doesn't sound like resources were pulled at any point. It doesn't sound like at some point people got cold feet. It sounds like this is the game that Lumina Studio wanted to make. So where did it actually go wrong? Uh, this doesn't feel like an expensive game to me. Mm. Um, it, it may, it might have been, but it doesn't look or feel or sound like one um, uh, to me. It does when you get out into the open world because there are definitely some vistas out there, like some regions that you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Okay. But, oh, and the map is huge. Um, The map is huge. I did see a map. It's it's huge. But it's a Um, lot of mistakes. And, like, like, we've probably talked about this. Like, I don't like Final Fantasy XV. No. Right. Same. I Mm -hmm. think this plays better than Final Fantasy XV for me, uh, like in the gameplay, but yeah, there's still I've issues. had fun with the battles. I've had fun yeah. with the battle system. I really have. But, uh, but yeah. there's still issues. Like, like everything is just not quite there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that's the part that's on the, the, like, take out the story. The gameplay still needs work. And like the side mm-hmm. quests are just like nothing. Um, so there's like, 
everyone shares a bit of this problem with this game. And it feels like a kind of game, like, on the combat side, maybe they need to, like, pinch hit with, uh, you know, Koei Tecmo's working with everyone today. Right, like, right. Get them in here, because Strangers of Paradise, by the way, uh, has a lot of the same dialogue problems. People just think that's funny. Um, because Jack is so odd. Um, yeah. But all of the dialogue, even outside of Jack and Strangers of Paradise, is equally terrible. I just have a lot of fun with it. And that makes me wonder if this was in Japanese, if I wouldn't have as many issues. But um, but Strangers of Paradise plays better. And I, I feel like maybe Luminous needed a little help on that side. Yeah, it, Luminous just might not be a good studio. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's things about how the dissolution is not the right word. The breaking down of that studio happened that, like, will never come out publicly. Right. But it is a a studio that has been through some real shit, but it, it doesn't seem... Because, like, I was reading IGN's review and Tom Marks reviewed that, and he was talking about how stuff is just said off screen and they like skip ahead to like things that they were anticipating have already happened. Mm. And like, they don't really like, they don't really acknowledge it beyond the fact that like, Oh yeah, this thing, this kingdom got taken over or whatever, like while we weren't looking, which is exactly FF15's problem. Yep. Which makes me think like, is it possible that wasn't because FF15 was rushed? Is it possible that it's just how Luminous Studio chooses how to tell a story? There does seem to be, and and it, and it is kind of a narrative and writing issue to me when it comes down to it. There is something structurally odd about the way Luminous can craft not only a larger scale narrative, but also just like moment to moment, small moment things. There, there was a thing that got played a lot this week on Twitter. And I want to just call attention to it because like I, it also really jumped out at me and it happens very early on. Um, you, you basically go back to your apartment and you, um, you feed your cat and you look at uh, your, uh, your cool shoe collection and you look at uh, the Alice in Wonderland book. And then you go to your bedroom and you pull out a duffel bag and it's full of money and it's the money you need to basically skip town and get out out of the way of this gang that you've done some work for that's now after you and all this other stuff. Okay, so you go to bed. You wake up and your apartment's on fire. When you get out of your bed, your bag of money is at your feet and there's a little emblem that says that like, you know, says you can interact with the bag and you click it and she goes, the character goes, I should really go get the cat first. And you click it again. He goes, I should really go get get the cat first. I should really go get the cat first. You step foot out of the bedroom. Now the fire has totally engulfed your entire bedroom. And then once you get the cat, you're like, oh, fuck, I can't go get the money now. So this there's is, this weird, like, there's this, this weird, rooms. this is two rooms. This is me going from my office to my kitchen. There's like, you, you're right there. You can pick it up on your way out to go get your cat. There, it is, it is, I know it's a small thing. And then some people have really written a lot of threads about like, oh, this is too nitpicky or whatever. But like, to me, it does actually indicate some sort of massive disconnect between narrative and writing and, and, and actual design structure of these places and these levels. There's something off about Luminous. And I don't know what it is, and I don't know about the structure of that studio, but this is, you know, the second major game that I've played of theirs that I feel like 
no one is kind of doing, no one's doing like an editing job. No one's kind of coming in and like checking to, to see if these things make sense. And, and to me, it does actually create a friction between the player and the world that is hard to get over for some people. And it's hard for me for sure. Yeah. And, and, and the weird part is this comes directly after a moment. That's actually kind of emotional, which is after she does all of this stuff, she lays down on the the bed with the cat and then she cries herself to sleep. Like it's just pretty emotional. And then you wake up and, and, and again, the duffel bag, this is the duffel bag that she's, she has been doing crimes for very long. And she says, like, I've been saving up all of this money yes. to just move anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And then you leave it there. Like, it's it's all, it, this was, this and the cat were her, her two things that she needed to leave. Like, even if the apartment burned down, she didn't care about anything else. And, and, and it's like, you could have told a different story by her noticing that the apartment was on fire and then doing a cutscene. Don't give me fucking control. Don't don't put me in control of this because I, as this woman's caretaker with a controller in my hand, I'm going to pick up the fucking life savings and leave. That's what I'm going to do. But you could have taken control out of my hands and been like, she is concerned about her cat and nothing else. And that's going to tell you something about her and her makeup. You could have taken control out of my hands, but you did. Also like, and it's like, why didn't you? Don't put the emblem on the life savings. Don't like, do it. If if I don't think it's an interactable object right now, I'm just not going to bother. It's so with weird. It. It's it's just like it's like it's it's so frustrating. And I know it's a small thing, but it it does something to me right away that puts me in this weird like, wow, y'all don't give a fuck about this character, so why should I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? it's it's one of those things where I feel like they don't. Narrative and gameplay, like how do I keep the player from being bored? Like yeah. Ubisoft has policies about this. Right. And like not not saying that's the better option, but <laughs> sure. Ubisoft has policies that like you need to give the player control X like within X number of seconds right. or minutes or whatever. Or they need to be doing like find a new thing every like 20 feet. Right. Or, you know, that they have that kind of like stuff in documentation. Yep. I wonder if like Square Enix or Luminous or somebody has that like as part of their design docs. And this is them going, uh, fuck, I guess we got to take like, that we box. Don't have a choice. Yeah. 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 You might be right. Yep. It's just, I, I mean, this is a larger discussion about Square Enix in general, but we were talking about this in Discord. They're not doing great no, they're these not doing days. Great. No, they're they're producing a lot of stuff, but like much of it is just like real mid. Yeah, and and, and, and that was like like a lot of people were like, oh, hey, like like this is the most terrible thing. Not really, because they've released over the past twelve months. Like the difference between Forspoken and the rest of the games is Forspoken had a budget. But yeah, they've right. released like Diofield Chronicles and Harvestella, games that have that same problem where I played them and I'm like, okay, I see where you were going with this, but you didn't like finish tuning it. You didn't like sand off the rough edges. You didn't really do much of anything interesting. Like Harvestella, it. it it's got an interesting story and it looks good, but the farming isn't great. The combat isn't great. So it kind of just 
ends up being this bland mush of a game. And I was like really looking forward to it. Have you met anyone that has played Valkyria Elysium or Valkyrie Elysium? Uh, I mean, didn't, I mean, someone Uh, played it for, I want to say Cat right? Cat played it, yeah. But that's about, but Cat's obsessed with Valkyrie stuff, so. Yeah, but I, 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 think, I think that's about yeah, it. Cat wanted to play that game because she likes the series, right. but like, by and large, I've n- I've never even heard discussion about no, that game. No, no, because it was a nothing burger, apparently. Yeah, it just yeah, wasn't which is good. like, I, I I I am basically living in fear of two things with Square Enix now. Right, one that like FS Seven Remake was the game that made me think, oh fuck, Square Enix, they're back, it. baby. Like, yeah, they're mm, back, right. and then like since then they've been like in a downhill trajectory. Maybe FS Sixteen or FS Seven uh, Rebirth is going to be that next game. They're like, okay, actually they're they're still good. The other thing is, one day they're just going to announce a new Chrono game, right. and it's going to have oh, like a budget oh. of ten dollars, mm. and it's going to just yeah. it's going to be made by Tokyo RPG Factory sure. and just suck out loud yeah and, the, it's it's really wild because i i've had the same moment of kind of realizing how many games that they've really made over the past couple of years and it's like they've made a lot of stuff to almost to the point where i go back and look at that run that they did from 1997 to like 2001 and they made so many games and you know what a lot of them i'm gonna say most of them Fucking bangers. I mean, bangers wall to wall from 97 to 2001. No one's going to have that kind of run. Like, that's a really rare thing. But it almost feels like they're trying to hit the frequency and kind of the the free-flowing nature of getting a lot of stuff out the door like they did through that period. But almost none of it's good. Right, they're trying to bring back the double A game, but right. not in a like. This is a great concept that happens to be like somewhat lower budget, but in a this game's just not done. We right. didn't like we didn't yeah. tune it or anything. Yeah, and, and and like a lot of the games that I'm I'm talking about, like like Dio Field and Harvestella, I'm like, yeah, please do a sequel because there's something here, but you didn't find it, like like. Forspoken feels like that. Like it's not going to get a sequel out because I don't think it, even if it had been good, it's, it sets I, itself up for one. Apparently, uh, yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've heard. Um, mm-hmm. But like, even if it had been good, I don't think it would have sold enough to reach uh, their uh, right. yeah expectations. That feels like a game that's spec'd for like seven, eight million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like again, like I, like I'm playing it and I'm like, oh, I'm having fun with this you guys just needed to take another crack at this. So these are games that I'm like, please do a sequel, but I don't think they're going to get sequels. So they're just these ideas that are thrown out um, because I want more developers to do this. I want like EA and Ubisoft and all that. And Ubisoft is currently in the middle of, of also cutting any of that stuff that they would do in that vein and moving back to just the ringers. Um, like I want developers like, Hey, just throw out an idea like obsidian with Pentiment, like put something out there that you don't expect and see how it works and then build upon it because that's how you build, you know, new franchises and yeah, new that's ideas. Not a square, yeah. Square next exclusive problem. Like Capcom has been doing that for the last five, six years of only the hits, only like the things you have heard of 
we're not going to do any of that weird shit that you that has not already been a franchise. But then I'll, sometimes I'll just be like, I don't know, Pragmata that might exist and might not. Mm. Exo Primal, which is a game that nobody has thought about until I mentioned it uh-huh. right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it does feel like especially the remaining Japanese publishers are not 100% positive about what, what their future with new IPs looks like. So, like, Square Enix is t- trying a weird thing where they just don't like they just kind of throw stuff out there and see what sticks and the answer is nothing because mm-hmm. they're just throwing it out there but also the stuff they are giving budget is i would not be shocked if by the end of the year nobody remembers horse spoken existed like nobody's like it surely won't be a game of the year discussions but like final fantasy 16 is going to subsume that game so quickly and thoroughly mm-hmm. yeah. that there's not even the people who are right now like giving this game big ups or like really hyping this game to the moon are mostly probably doing it because that game is exclusive and they live in some kind of strange war world where that matters. Right. Yeah. I do wonder if they've released it now, like almost on the heels of Final Fantasy 16. So they're like, Hey, y'all don't remember this game. (laughs) Remember Uh, that they were going to release it in November, Uh October. Yeah, but like Sony was saying, hey, or so presumably based on their the wording of their delay announcement, Sony told them you don't want to go against God of War. Yeah, and they were mm-hmm. like, you're probably right. Probably so they right. pushed it to January. Yep. Mm-hmm. And boy, uh, and boy, they were right. <laughs> they were correct. That yeah, was a bad that idea. Was, that was a good call. Yeah, uh, I get that is forespoken talk. Mike, you have not published a review yet, right? Uh, I have not. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write something about it, but no, I haven't uh, published a review yet. I was hoping to finish it, but that's probably not going to happen before I write something. Okay, so if if but if it's not out by now, it will be in upcoming days on Fanbyte. Correct. I assume. All right. So look for Mike's uh, Forspoken review then. If we decide to play more of that, maybe we'll talk more about it in the future. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Natalie. Mm-hmm. You've been playing a game that I've been seeing you alluding to on like Twitter as like something you love. And mm-hmm. I've I am curious to know more about this. You're playing Seasons by Scavenger. Yeah, Season A Letter to the Future. Um so I had been anticipating this game for a, a long time like ever since they showed it. I think just they've really gone all out with the CG trailers and it, it's the art style is immediately beautiful and they really capitalize on that through those trailers. Um, but then came out the reports of, of Scavengers Studios is like toxic leadership, which like mm. Rebecca Valentine, friends of the podcast to say the least. Friends to most of you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was the one who originally wrote that report. And so after that, my interest in it waned. Um, it seems like they took, they tried to take actions in order to remedy the situation. Um, I hear that the situation is probably a lot better uh, in comparison to before the reports, um, but it's not something that I can vet personally. Um, and so I wanted to play this game to see, like it's gone very quietly over the last, like, like after that report, they kind of, went really quiet on promoting the game. Um, And so I was really curious about it still, and I have decided to review it. Um, And I I think it's 
really special, actually. Like, it's clearly a special game that was made despite the toxic leadership present at the studio. Um, It's always a complicated conversation, I feel, where, like, I, you know, you don't want to promote this thing that you know, someone that was at the head of the company um, was sort of, you know, orchestrating, was sort of behind, uh, like, carrying out. Um, But you also don't want to dismiss the really hard work of the developers on this game. Like, something special about Season is that at the end, um, there is a... This is not the end of the story. Like, I'm just talking about the credits. Um, There is a very supportive message about, like, crediting all of the contributors on the project, new and old, and anyone that had any influence on the project at all, which is something so different from what you tend to see where like, I mean, it just came out, I believe, that I think it was Kotaku that reported um, that for Spoken's, um, was it QA wasn't credited or localization or maybe even both? Like, it's something that keeps continuously happening. Yeah, and Callist- so, Callisto Protocol mm-hmm. also just had the same issue. Yeah, right. And yeah. it's like you you wonder what's the damage with these studios and you know crediting their contributors and all the people who you know shaped this project and brought it to life. Um, and so yeah, like I've had a really wonderful time with it. It's it's not a long game. It's just ten hours, uh, which felt like a perfect length to me. I'm at the point where like. I have Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and I really want to start it, but I got sleepy after the first like 30 minutes because I was like, ah, this is going to be such a long game. And so that the concept tired me out. Um, but just uh, the idea of length was like, yeah, actually <laughs> fatigued you. Yeah, it literally did. Like I was playing in bed and then like I the world opened up for me and literally right then and there I was like, uh, I've been really sleepy and <laughs> I just knocked out and I haven't gone back to it. <laughs> um, that's I'm I'm in my sleepy era. Uh, I don't have anything <laughs> in my brain at the moment. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a perfect length for me these days, and it's just a a really beautiful story about this girl named Estelle um, who leaves home for the first time. Um, she essentially has uh, this role where she is able to photograph and record um, things about the world around her, specifically this world, uh, this section of the world called Tiang Valley. And so she is meant to record what is happening on this day in order to then preserve it for future generations. Um, Because essentially what's about to happen is that the day after the game starts, um, this sort of incoming cataclysm, this sort of pseudo-apocalypse is about to happen. And these apocalypses regularly happen every so often um, in order to mark the end of the season, which is sort of the word that the game uses to mark to like indicate historical eras. So there's mm-hmm. like the season of the war, the season the golden season, like different sort of eras throughout history. Um, and they are sort of marked by these disasters that happen and that eliminate a section of the population. And so she is going around this Tiang Valley and she is meeting and documenting and seeing this world right before 
it's at right before it meets its end, right before these people are forced to evacuate to another city and leave their entire lives behind. Um, and it's just such a beautiful and moving story in that sense about being alive, about regrets. Um, you talk to characters and they'll talk to you about mourning. They'll talk to you about things that they lament in their life, things that they weren't able to achieve. Um, they'll talk about the concept of home. They'll talk about identity. All these like really beautiful universal themes. Um, but it's backed up by some of the most beautiful writing I have ever really encountered in a game. The prose is so deeply poetic and the game makes use of poetry as like a motif, but the writing itself is just so graceful and beautiful that there were so many lines that I, you know, that I screenshot and that I'll keep for later. Like this is such a beautiful game from start to finish. I almost don't want to really delve into how it starts, but it starts really emotionally powerfully, requiring you to make some sacrifices. And it doesn't stop being a really stunning experience from beginning to end. Um, I really, really enjoyed my time with it. It's one of my favorite games of the year and one of my favorite games in recent times, I would say. I don't really play that many games nowadays, um, but I'm really glad that I played this. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's a a marvelous story uh, and just sort of beautiful in every so way. So what's the actual, like, gameplay loop part of it? Like, Yeah, so you just, you take pictures and you record sounds and you ride a bike to get around. But really, that's kind of it. Like, you will take photos and as you take photos of different things in different areas, like, you have a journal, right? And there's a page corresponding to each area. And the pictures that you take within that area, you are able to then put them in this journal and craft the snapshot of what these places will look like to someone generations from now reading this journal and seeing those pictures and getting an idea of what Tiang Valley was like. Um, so it's just, it's really just photographing, uh, placing those photographs in a journal. Once you put a certain amount, it doesn't matter what you take pictures of for most of the, uh, most of the like pages. Um, you'll put enough pictures and then Estelle will have this sort of narration for each page uh, and provide insight on something about her, something about the valley, something about life in her village, um, something about the world in general. And that's that's it. You, it's just about discovering this beautiful world and really taking in all the wonder and beauty that you can find in it. So, from description, it kind of sounds like a like expanded idea of where water tastes like wine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Of like traveling around, listening to stories, listening to people talk. Yes, mm. like that. That does sound very compelling. Like especially if you are looking for that kind of more low-key, uh, good writing kind of game. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, absolutely. It's it's so peaceful. It's It always has this really, I wouldn't even say undercurrent of melancholy. It is just a melancholy game, but it is <laughs> very beautiful and poignant. And 
I'll be thinking about it for quite some time, actually. What's so. your what's your like kill death ratio in it? Pretty good. Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The that, guns talk to you it's... like in high on life. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't know. Um, <laughs> no, that's it, it. It it looked cool when um when I first saw the trailer for it. I like the idea. Like when you go out and record sounds, like how does that mechanic work are you like doing like foley work are you like getting out your mic and like pointing it at stuff yeah you point at stuff and then um so it makes use of the ps5 controller and so you will actually hear yeah you will actually hear the sounds through the controller or at the very least yeah you'll feel the vibrations of the sound so as people are talking there are these like items that you can point at to record and they will essentially provide a memory in the past and you will sort of hear the vibrations as the characters talk on screen on your controller it's really cool are you kind of like are you judged in any way by the quality of these things you're capturing or is it pretty not at all okay that's cool that's yeah 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 the only requirements that you have to do are in some pages like it will require that you um that you take pictures of specific things, like three or four specific things when you're trying to find out a specific mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, every page is just, you get to maybe four or five Polaroids and that's kind of it. You like you can literally walk up to something, take a picture of it five times, and you will and put it on the page, and you will still get that insight, that like lore development and that characterization work. Cool. Um, but on but like the game is really good at encouraging you to go out there and find the beauty in everything, like in the smallest things. So I never like I'm a lazy person every now and then, but even I yeah. wasn't like motivated by the idea of just like trying to get the world's lore and that's it like be Mm -hmm. done with it like I wanted to actually explore it experience it and capture the things that meant the most to me you can also put some quotes in there things that she'll say so I really enjoyed putting a mix of quotes and like photographs and recordings and yeah that's cool that sounds sounds really interesting yeah I think Uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be pretty popular. I right. just think the writing is really special and will blow away some people a little. Nice. I, I don't know where if you said it already, Natalie, but so by this by the time this goes up, this review should be live. Yes, at Polygon. Uh, okay, so Polygon is ready. So go to Polygon.com to read Natalie's review. Wow, they let you in there? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Their standards have dropped the fuck off. Wow. Uh, John, see, this is what happens when I'm nice to you. I said that I would follow you anywhere, and this is what I got. Do you see why I was never nice to you? Jesus. <laughs> no, that's so amazing. You, uh, like, uh, oh my gosh, I hope they promote the shit out of it, because they should. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh. So let me tell you about a game that doesn't have good writing. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage is really fucking good. Mm, okay. Like, like mechanically. mechanically. I've only started it, but it's, it, yeah. it, it is money. Yes, it is like... So this is the 30th anniversary game. This is the game that's like, we're celebrating the history of Fire Emblem, which is why like the... So the concept of the game is that you have like this basic ass Fire Emblem story of your army is the divine dragon. They're trying to fight the evil dragon. Sure. You're picking up like 
characters along the way to, to help fight the dragon. Uh, but everyone has, or not everyone, a lot of the characters have these Fire Emblem heroes transformations. Like, it's full-on Sentai-influenced, like, holding up a ring and going, like, transform, and you turn into Makaya from Radiant Dawn, or Ike from Path of Radiance, or uh, Roy from Fire Emblem Six. Mm. Like, and you get special powers fr- through them, and like, that's all fine. That's all, like, kind of tertiary. It's a good way to, like, modulate the difficulty a little bit because if you were having problems, those things can break a map really easily. But the actual, like, really, really good thing about this game is they went back to the drawing board on how should a tactical RPG play. Mm-hmm. And they have made it so, like... The the map design is leagues better than Three Houses. I really liked Three Houses as a game, but yeah. the map design never evolved in that game. Most of the time, you were just in an open field with enemies. There was very rarely like things in the way, things to like stand in to like increase your avoidance stat. Think like th- maps were not like bifurcated in ways that let you like flank enemies really interestingly. What they've done in this one is. All these like maps are fair, like bespoke in a well designed way, and also the AI has improved quite a bit. Mm. They don't fall for my old tricks anymore. No. They now <laughs> like they they change based on difficulty, and difficulties can be changed at any point in the game. So like I turn it up for story missions, turn it down for paralogs. But they for the most part they are very beholden to the weapon triangle, and they will try and kill anybody that is. Uh, their weapon will beat, but they don't fall for simple traps anymore. They won't just like let you put one very like defensed up soldier right in their range and follow them, not hit them, and then get surrounded by other enemies. They will find a way to flank you, and they will outflank you sometimes when you're doing your strategies. They will call reinforcements in places that you don't like. You did not anticipate that the reinforcements would have come through here. They don't move on the same turn, so it's usually not like a terrible thing. But it's I, I am I put twenty four hours into the game as of last night because they should have they put up a little message that said, "Hey, you've played twenty four hours in this game so far. Thanks." It's <laughs> like great. It flew by. It is I am spending like hours per map coming up with the perfect strategies to not because I have classic mode on, so I try not to lose anybody. Uh, I will say it also I, looks vastly better than three houses yes like it, three houses was not a good looking game this yeah. is fantastic and art style aside i think uh the graphically this game is fantastic i meant to go look for this guy's name and i forgot to actually find the guy's name but do you remember how fire Emblem gba had like really good sprite animation for critical hits yes Oh yeah. Like it was like like genuinely like impressive for GBA. They brought back the person who did that and they brought him for this game. And so the the critical hits are like really well directed and well choreographed and it, like even just the general environments look really nice especially for the Switch. Like the when you were when you go into like the actual ba- or one-on-one battle scenes mm-hmm. like the environments around you, I, I'm sure they're cheating in some way because you don't have to like look around them or whatever, but they look great. There was one very early on map where I had uh, one of my axe guys, Boucheron, who I don't use anymore, but I had him uh, on a village pathway. 
and a Pegasus knight came up to him, hit him, or tried to hit him. He dodged, and he dodges into a fenced area on the side, and the fence breaks in the battle part. When you come back out of the battle part and zooms back out, that fence is gone in the uh, map, too. It had no gameplay ramifications, but it's just like, it's a really cool little small detail they put yeah. in there for like a game that usually doesn't have a ton of budget but i guess like they're now trying to put a decent amount of like money into this game but i i don't i the bad part is the writing is not good the story is paper thin the character interactions are not that interesting uh everyone is like one or two personality traits and then that's kind of it with their and they really hammer those personality traits because when you have to make support re- conversations for like 15 or not 50 for 30 people interacting with every other those 30 people and having wow. yeah all those yeah. like conversations some are interesting some are not some are wow I'm kind of jealous that you're working out with this guy also game is does not have a ton of romance mm. it is extremely gay like every single like same sex mm. interaction is flirty in a way that is almost impossible to ignore but you can, like, but you can't go through those relationships though. So you you can end up on an S rank, but like it doesn't not you don't have kids, you don't really uh, do anything with it. Like okay. it's like hey yeah, I, I let's let's go out or something. Like sure, mm. uh, the American localization for the better removed this interaction mm-hmm. or rewrote this interaction with the child characters. Oh. Because so like Anna in this game, who's in every other Fire Emblem game, is like an eleven year old merchant. And her whole thing is she does not know where her parents are, but she misses them. Uh, you can romance Anna. Uh, oh. The way that Kurt Truck came out in Japanese was when you get older, let's get like, let's start. Let's start a romantic relationship. Yeah. And the way it comes out in English is I am glad we're good friends, which is the way that should be. Oh. Some people are very mad at it. Those people should be investigated by the FBI probably. But like oh. there, there's, like every I have I'm playing as the female Alir, the female divine dragon main character, whatever. Every like interaction with like another female character feels like it's on like a like rocket ship to let's get le- like let's end up in bed together soon. Mm. And it's like that's true of different male characters, different female characters together. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but like it seems like they're on everyone can end up with everyone, mm. which is very funny and also strange, but whatever, it's fine. This is the first uh, time that I've been interested in Fire Emblem engaged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but like it also just like I said, just doesn't matter. Like because there's right. there's no consequence. Like you don't have kids. There's nothing like that. The uh such a step back from three houses, damn. It is, but I kind of like I think if they got like different the three houses writers and like yeah they got the three houses writers to work with us intelligence systems gameplay people you would have yeah. the best fire them game easily yeah that's that's the feeling i got like yeah. like in tactically as a tactical rpg this so far and i haven't played as much as imran has is better like just from a mm-hmm. pure design perspective but yes all of that extra stuff doesn't feel as good yeah. That said, there's moments of brilliance in the writing. 
like maybe brilliance is too strong a word, moments of relative greatness to the rest of this writing. So like there is a fight where you have you have these two brother characters and at some point you end up like having to fight someone that is like important to them. And you cannot bring them into the fight at all, but if you do, they both have like these little speeches before the battle begin before you actually like attack this person and like some it's surprisingly good writing like there's a little line one of them has like were you ever proud of me though i guess it's a little too late to ask that now and like that's decently powerful like considering the the context of that situation Mm -hmm. and like they do a in in that mission and the mission after that they do an incredible job of like keeping you on your back heels both mechanically and story-wise that it genuinely feels like the enemy has tipped you over what are you going to do now and like i in a way that i just didn't ex- I, I expected this to be very straightforward and at some point they they do a like the movie style all is lost moment really well and again maybe that's just relative expectations compared to where the game was taking me the entire time but it's it's good. I I'm really enjoying this game. I think I will probably end up with this liking it better than Three Houses. Mm-hmm. I I really want to see like these two teams get together and make a just fucking amazing game. Uh, yeah. I I really like Fire Emblem Engage. I can see why people, uh, or as Andrew would call it, Engage. Uh, I can see why people <laughs> would bounce off it because there are no real story there's no real story there are no real stakes like even at the worst of time or even in that all is lost moments you know you're going to come back to because they just immediately establish a plan of for what were we going to do and it involves linearly going through what you were going to do anyway so it i i can see why those people would bounce off it but if you're looking for the tactics part of fire Emblem, like this is the best that has been since radiant dawn on the Wii. oh wow Okay. It is. It is. I can see it being one of my favorite Fire Emblem games, but Ooh. you know, we'll we will see how that actually ends up. It is. It's. I think probably up there at very least. Damn. Mm. I can't believe I'm going to have to get one of these games. That's. I mean, I <laughs> I played Three Houses quite a bit, and then I was like, okay, well, I don't think I need the new one. It doesn't seem like it's really my thing. I don't really love the protagonist design. So I'm like, okay, uh, she looks like toothpaste. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not good, but uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna get this. I wish I had spent money on that instead of Forspoken. <laughs> so <laughs> Square Enix is the most expensive game ever, I believe, uh-huh, right now. Uh huh. Because it was the first thirty dollar game uh-huh, they put out. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I will say, I, I also like uh, the character designs. Fire Emblem has been going through uh, trying a bunch of different character designers for each game. Uh, this one is Mika Picasso, who is uh, like a light novel artist. Uh, mm-hmm. I oh, like nice. her work, and a lot of the designs here look really good. Um, yeah. I've liked all of their character designers, but I, I she provides a, a lighter feel to it, I think. That yes. Still works. Her, de- her de- designs in that game are definitely horny, but they're equal opportunity horny. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Uh, as opposed to, uh, like, Yusuke Kuzaki was uh, awakening. Uh, he can sometimes be uh, horny in one direction. Um, and I feel like Three Houses, I forget the artist's name, but they did, like, um, uh, an Otome games. So a lot yeah. of the horny was focused on, definitely on the dudes. <laughs> yeah. This one feels like, 
all the pretty much every woman is like busty and has small hips, but every guy is like <laughs> really muscle bound or a a prince or both, and like many of them are just like what what beach body ready is what I would sure. say. All right. But yeah, I I really like Engage, and I I don't think it's going to be everyone's cup of tea. But if you were looking for good tactical gameplay, I think it this is one of the better items for that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I wanted to move on, especially because Natalie, you need to leave in like ten minutes. So I, I wanted to like what we were going to do this week is we're going to go down the list of games that we're that are coming out in 2023 or presumably coming out in 2023 and say what we're actually excited about and why we're excited about them because this is looking to be a banger of a year Mm -hmm. uh but since natalie you have to go very fast i wanted like do you want to just go down this list very quickly and pick out the couple that you're excited for yeah i picked out uh the ones that i'm excited for just to you know make sure that i could make it as easy and seamless as possible um so today actually there was a new trailer for uh story of seasons a wonderful life and that is one of the games that I am really, really excited about. I was actually talking with a co-worker earlier today about how I grew up on the Harvest Moon games. And I think like as a child that absolutely did not know that she was queer, it was fun for me to play these games where you have like a, a male character and then a female character counterpart. And I could romance like men and women. Like it never was an odd thing to me. And I know that that wasn't their intention with these games, but as a little like queer girl who didn't know that she was queer, I really enjoyed like being able to to marry women as, as a male character and to just like have my little gay farm with like my cows and my chickens. Um, so I, I grew up on these games and I, I played all of them and now as an adult, I am so excited to play this reimagination of A Wonderful Life because A Wonderful Life, or Another Wonderful Life, the sequel that was the girl version, uh, was my first Harvest Moon game. And so something that I'm excited to see is just sort of like, here is the same game that I experienced like 15 years ago, or at least like, like at least 15 years ago. And now I can sort of see how vastly my life has changed since then, like all the ways that I've grown, you know, obviously not just physically, I'm no longer a child. Um, (laughs) John, I know. It depends on who you ask. (laughs) Medical science seems to disagree. (laughs) I'm no longer a child uh, and I have grown in different ways and come into my queerness and so many other things. It's going to be exciting to be able to romance these characters as a woman like in this game you can be gay and that's going to be really awesome and I'm excited to romance these female characters and to do so while being a woman and <laughs> Jordo's like grown in different ways just not up absolutely true thank you Jordo I, I will take the roasting from you it's valid um but yeah so I'm excited to just get back into like you know, having my my farm and talking to people and growing my cows and whatnot, um, I I really connected with those games and I'm excited to revisit one of them. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Baldur's Gate three, duh, like, duh, duh. Yeah. Um, 
Just duh. Uh, I I love Asterian. I don't know him. I don't need to know him, and I don't need to fix him. <laughs> all that I need is this vampire man to sink his fangs in me, and that's it. And that's all that I want, along with some like really cool combat and some like really beautiful graphics and like the best character creator that I have ever seen. I've already talked about how much I'm anticipating Baldur's Gate 3 in the past on this podcast. Did you see the tweet today of uh, Asterion (gasps) playing the drums? I did! It's so Mm -hmm. cute. He can do no (laughs) wrong, and if he does any wrongs, then it's funny when he does them. Uh, Let's see what else. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, remake Rebirth, like, yeah. That's going to be an unequivocal banger, maybe just... Hopefully. It, yeah. Assuming that comes out next, this year. I went back and looked at the trailer. The trailer said next winter, which could mean a lot of things. Oh, right, right, right. So right. we'll mm-hmm. we'll see if that's... I, that could be like February 2024. Who knows? Yes. Yeah, I, I would wager that. Um, but if it happens to come out this year, I think it will be great because I really loved the first one. Uh, let's see what else. Um, goodbye, Volcano High. I am really looking forward to this game. I think the art style is cute. I, I love indie games that have really good representation and that, um, seem to be really interesting beyond just the surface. Like, I love a good indie that pulls me in with its art direction and then has so much to say. And I feel like this game will be one of those indie games. So I am really anticipating it. Uh, you play as a... It's it's essentially like these dinosaur characters like right before the meteor hits. And so you're kind of like with them before it's a real happens. real kind of uplifting... Um, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, did you exactly. did you ever watch the end of the the TV show uh, Dinosaurs and think, God, I wish I could just do that? <laughs> I, I'm legitimately pretty sure Natalie was not born when that happened. No, probably not. Yeah. I did watch the the dinosaur Disney movie, y'all. Did you do y'all remember that one? I forgot. Are you talking called. about? Are talking about the, the, good good dinosaur? Dinosaur? the good dinosaur? The good dinosaur. One of their flops. Wow. Yeah, I, I watched that on an airplane. I hated it. It or are was, you talking about Dinosaur, the movie that came out in place of Emperor's New Groove and was one of the worst things they ever put out? Maybe. I enjoyed it as a kid. Not that I knew better, but I thought it was good. <laughs> okay, I think it's I that one. I haven't tried it's watching not, it. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, one, yeah, this it's one. that one. Yeah, it's that one. It's that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it was bad as shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that is that is the one that came out. And they were, I think the story was... Emperor's New Groove had to get delayed six months, so they put this out instead, even though it just wasn't done. And it was, like, famously incomplete. Delgo looking ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fucking bunny. Yeah, as a kid, I did not know that at all, so I thought it was amazing. I would like to rewatch it Every time you go to the theater, you're like, oh, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Which is, like, sometimes actually legitimately true because you're a kid. Right. Right. Like, like when I was obsessed with Ella Enchanted... That's a good fucking movie. Has mm-hmm. anyone seen that one? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah, Ella Enchanted. Yeah. One of the best. I like. I would play that shit on repeat, just loop. I was like a sicko about it. But yeah, I also really like dinosaurs. So like, I, I embodied the spectrum, you know, of taste. <laughs> uh, so goodbye, Volcano High, which doesn't have anything to do with Disney's dinosaur, but that's where we went. Um, and I am also anticipating uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from... Gun Mania? What? Oh, because you're, you're a Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. No, yeah, 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 but that's not yeah, Dead yeah, by yeah. Daylight. They're the Friday the 13th developers. Oh, and okay. I 
fucking love that game. It is janky as hell, but it is so fun. Like, it, it was fun when it was, like, alive. Like, now nobody plays it. I'd be surprised if a lobby, like, even I think happened. it got delisted, actually. Yeah, like, like from online play, I know that... They, like, that was they lost off. the license, so, it, like, they're taking it off the list. Oh, I, wow. I might be wrong. Yeah, oh, no, right, it's, right. it's part of the... The Friday for 13th rights are a mess, and they yeah. are have essentially gotten caught in that. So they're doing... Yeah. They uh, couldn't do updates for the game. And, and Texas Chainsaw. It, it's actually, it was delisted two days ago. Oh, wow. shit. Yeah. Wow, the timing. Shit, Natalie, you you thought ahead. You, you brain, <laughs> big brain. Um, but yeah, I, I really loved that game, Rest in Pieces. I You were special. You were that bitch. I had so much fun in that game. So many laughs. Like, it is a special kind of joy to, as this character named Tiffany who only wore booty shorts, like whack Jason in the face with a baseball bat, like peak comedy, peak enjoyment in video games. And to do it with friends, like to gang up on Jason and do that, just absolute chef's kiss. I thought it was really fun. It was janky, but it had a sense of humor and it was, it, it had a lot of components to the survival that you like, you could call the cops, you could escape by the car. And I always ended up running people over with the car um, because I'm gay and I can't drive, even in video <laughs> games. So I was notoriously, I have so many videos of me just accidentally running people over because I was such a bad driver um, and you could do that in the game like that was funny and so I'm very excited for this iteration of this sort of this new game and hopefully like you know they don't have to be beholden to the chaos of the rights of Friday the 13th because they long before it got delisted they just had to stop doing any updates because they couldn't add any new things because of the, you know, the legal battle happening. Um, so at least, like, hopefully this game will get popular, will get supported, will be fun and have all the things that they probably, you know, had in mind with Friday the 13th, but just couldn't execute because of the circumstances. Um, so I'm really excited to play that with my friends. Like, I... I love playing asymmetrical horror games. I do love Dead by Daylight. I love being in a scary situation with like my allies, my peeps. So uh, these are the games that I am really anticipating for 2023. Well, hell yeah, Natalie. Yeah. And now I have to go. (laughs) All right. Go enjoy whatever you're about to do. Thank you. Have a nice day. Wait, before you... Uh Where can people find you online? Go. Oh, yes. You can find me at Hardy Misa. That's hard. I am E-C-I-A on Twitter. And that's it. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Uh, I'm trying TikTok, but I have nothing to advertise because I don't know how to do a TikTok. I just need to learn. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Bye, Natalie. It's so hard. Bye, y'all. All right. So Natalie started off. You know, it's like basically what we're doing here. Just we're looking at games that are coming out this year. We're talking about what we're personally most excited for. Uh, an actual really easy way to start this off is because it was announced today when we're recording this is Hi-Fi Rush from Tango Gameworks was uh, show like announced during today's developer direct from Microsoft, which is uh, an odd show. In it was an odd show. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like they really don't want to do developer directs. They don't want to do a Nintendo Direct style thing. Right. But they keep getting dragged into it. it, <laughs> it yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is a like rhythm action game from Tango, the makers of Evil Within, that is out today, and I will start downloading it after we finish this podcast. But I'm excited to play it. It looks fun. It looks like a uh 
it looks like one of those things of someone went, I have an idea. And then it just kept like iterating on the idea until they eventually made like a game that probably is not going to knock the walls down, but does feel like an interesting new, new thing. Yeah, I it it looks interesting. Um, but we just saw the trailer today. By the time you listen to this, everybody, um, we will um, we'll we'll have had a couple of days with it. I'm going to play it, you know, tonight as as we're recording this. Uh, it looks colorful. It still has the problem I feel like a lot of modern games do, where um, my eyes are. It, it, it's hard for my old eyes to focus on stuff. I don't know if y'all are getting up to that uh, stage in your lives, but it's like, yep. I, you know, it's like, I'm ready for things to start looking a little more high contrast, a little less busy, but it's really, it's got a cool graphical style. Reminds me a little bit of like Saturday morning cartoons. Um, and it looks fun. And we're going to get to check that out um, already this week, which is pretty cool. So, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. That one looks, yeah, I think good. it looks fantastic. I was, yeah in the middle and just looking like, wow, this is great. I, I, and I love me a stealth launch. Like that was so much fun. I love, I love studios that get to do that. The game was kind of in, in itself, kind of a secret. It hadn't gotten leaked. I don't think, um, like two days ago, I think, yeah, but maybe. only like the sure. name, yeah, but, not uh, the concept or, but yeah, our style. But then it was yeah. like, Oh yeah, it's out today. And I'm like, Oh wow. That's really fun to get to do that. So, yeah. All right, uh, John. As someone who just played Callisto Protocol, how how excited for you are? How excited uh, are you for Dead Space? I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to revisit that game. Um, it's it's one of my favorites from the 360 era, um, and it really did scare the shit out of me when I played it um, when it when it first came out. So. I'm I'm excited. I think I'm a bigger weenie now uh, when it comes to horror games than I used to be. So I'll be interested to see how they remix some of the scares that you know we're going to expect. Um, I also appreciate that they showed us uh, from an early stage, like you know what the development in this game was like. So uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. I think uh, the original was great. Um, I think I was disappointed in what Callisto Protocol ended up being. So I'm psyched to play the new Dead Space for sure. How about you, Mike? Oh, I'm 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 all in. I'm ready for Dead Space because uh, I'm a, a big Dead Space person to the point that I played like the. Um, you know, the Wii version, like Extraction and stuff oh, like that. Wow. And I nice. actually watched the, the movies. You know I read the novel. Yeah. Extraction, not a bad game. No, I got a bad like, rap. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a part where your hand gets like stuck inside a door and you have to cut it off, like saw it off. Yeah. Which is like a legitimately cool idea for like a Wii light gun game. Yeah. Yeah. My, my hope is that they will take this chance and instead of jumping to two and three, um, jump straight to four, like the plan that they wanted to do for four and make that happen. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think this game, like before I was like, Oh, it's such a, such bad luck for them to come a month after Callisto protocol. And by bad luck, I mean, clearly <laughs> striking this studio wanted to do that. Yeah. Uh, but now I think with the re- the critical reaction Callisto Protocol got, along with the fact that like I mean it sold two million copies, which is good, but I kind of wonder if there are people going like, "Yeah, I'll just wait for Dead Space." And I that, definitely think so. Yeah, yeah. I 
I my only like concern, this is not like a this is a very superficial concern. Right. Is I wonder if the game is going to be less scary now that you have Isaac Clark talking. Mm, right. Because yeah. like now that he's like saying stuff to himself and he's like trying to guide you vocally in a, in a direction. Yeah. Like, granted, they started doing that in Dead Space Two, so like, and Dead Space Two was a good game. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be like massively affecting. Right. But I I do wonder if uh, that little bit of like being alone in the Ishimura and feeling isolated is going to be like yeah. kind of undercut. Yeah. So that just happened, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, they 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 keep coming at me even though I cut off their legs. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what's next. It's so weird. I, Nothing's coming out in February. Literally, <laughs> not like <laughs> I mean, that's like Tales of Symphonia Remastered is kind of interesting to me. Octopath Traveler Two. I mean, yeah. there's there's some interesting stuff. Oh, for uh, me, like at a Dragon Ishin. Yeah, like a Dragon Ishin is like the that's first a, major that's one a big for me. One. Uh, yeah. Wild Hearts. We're sticking I'm vaguely interested in. Yeah, we're uh, we're not fanbite anymore. I'm I'm sticking to my same editorial policy. I had a fanbite fuck Hogwarts Legacy. Like oh, we're sure. just not yeah. talking about that game. We might talk about it. I mean, in terms it just of looks. You believe the shit? Yeah, get a load of this kind of thing. But the the morale uh, the morale. Uh, just so just to note, the morality system in that game doesn't care if you like kill people with the bad spells, which is like okay. It just so, go it goes against the fucking like. Not only does this game put money into a pocket of a trash person, but it just it just seems like it flies in the face of the thing that people would be excited about anyway. Anyway, it doesn't. Okay, so here's it. the thing about that. I, I promised myself I wouldn't get into this <laughs> today, but it's Sorry. Still Friday. Okay, like how is it a selling point? That your game is not going to do something. I know. That like, <laughs> like we don't have any morality system at all. We uh, didn't even think about it. We We're not bothering. We don't I care like if wine. it's a, a like, bacchanal <laughs> delight of torture which, and murder. We don't give does, a fuck. Doesn't make sense because the the house system. I know. Is it doesn't make sense. Based on like yeah. the type of person you are. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, it's it's weird. It doesn't make I, the the news of that stuff dropped this week, and I was like, I you couldn't have you couldn't have served up anything that could have perfectly kind of gotten me going more than realizing that like, oh like the, oh this game just kind of misses the point entirely. Not only yeah. are you going to buy it and and pad the fucking uh, bank account of one of the worst people on earth, but it's like it just seems like a shitty experience. It's just so weird to me. Yeah, it's just like this game has so many not features that like even as a game, that's just fucking stupid. It's weird. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, like a dragon ishin. Uh that's I don't exciting. know if the the thing I'm actually like really excited for has been announced yet. Mm. But there's there's a thing in the next like couple of weeks that like an announcement of a cameo in that game. And I'm like, oh that's cool. Hey. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's uh, some other stuff. Company of Heroes 3. Um, okay. Octopath Traveler 2 and yeah. one interesting one Grim Guardian's Demon Purge mm. which is what is that? Uh, what is that? so this is Anticreates and Anticreates oh. has been working on on the Curse the of the Moon like, games yeah. and yeah. Grim okay. Guardians is like them being like wait a minute yeah. what if and we they, do it for ourselves and they did the Mega Man Zero series too right? yes oh, wow. Zero ZX uh what was they released a Switch game that was supposed to be a 3DS game, which was an interesting like uh, selling structure where 
you get a character for free, or not for free, for $10. Uh-huh. You get a character, and then every other character's DLC for another $10, adding up to 60 at the end of it. Mm. I, It was weird, and I don't think they're ever going to do that again because nobody talks about that game, and I can't remember the name of it. But I, it, that game itself was fine. Yeah. I hope this is like, they did make Curse of the Moon. I didn't like Curse of the Moon 2 as much because it just got too hard, but... I, they should. They did not make money number nine. They did something. They did something with it. I think they they did that pre that that eight bit game before it. Okay, yeah. Then Dim. Yeah, Thanks, Jordo brought that up. Jordo, why would you bring up Mighty Number no. Nine? Didn't I was thinking about that. that game today. <laughs> no, it's that a, concept. So in conjunction. Oh, in conjunction with oh. NT Creates, that makes. Oh, sense. maybe you're right. Maybe the, okay. Yeah, okay. maybe they were the ones who actually like developed it, but. They they've done a lot more good than they've done bad. I hope and or I feel like, but yeah, yeah, that game. Say I'm, I'm excited for that as well. Uh, Atomic Heart, which I don't really know a lot about. Yeah, I mean it's a what it's a, 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 a alternate world Bioshock. where the Soviets win the Cold War and it's Bioshock. I mean, right? It's, I it's d- so, I do yeah. I did see people like being mad at them that they are not condemning the russia ukraine war but uh, they're russian yeah. so like you kind of can't yeah. really yeah i mean yeah some people did some digging on some folks in that studio and it seems like you know some of them have belonged to some you know pretty big like i don't know financial structures that might have not have done mm. some good stuff but also i don't know i mean yeah yeah. Look, look, hey, you know what, folks? Look deep enough into Microsoft's closet, and you might find some stuff you're not psyched about either. I don't know. I mean, we'll I, see. Yeah, that game could be good or bad. I just don't know enough about it. I just, it. I know, yeah. no idea. The trailers look compelling, but I don't know how it plays. Yeah, uh, I'm wildly unexcited about Kirby. Like, sure, I. I Forgotten Land last year was really, really good. Really good. I don't think I need a re- remake of the Wii game, which nah. itself was like fine. It yeah. was like, but you've already just like, you've done a really innovative, interesting Kirby thing by taking it 3D. Right. What they should have done is they should have just taken that base mm-hmm. and like remade just like Kirby's Adventure or something in 3D. Yeah, that this is cool. Yeah, yeah, this just feels like we're doing the another Kirby side scroller. Yep. This time it's not even one you've played, not played before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we don't have another Destiny Two sickos out there, but I no. understand a lot of people are excited uh-huh. for Lightfall. Yeah. Let's see. Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Uh, Team Ninja. I'm ready for this. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm into it. Neo was a great game. I played the demo of this, and I found the demo extremely difficult. Mm. Uh, if that's possible, I just didn't understand the systems or. Maybe it actually was that difficult, but I have a weird thing where if I know a game is going to launch on Game Pass, my brain just literally doesn't think of it until like mm-hmm. the day it comes out on mm-hmm. Game Pass. Sure. So yeah. like, I, I'm sure that game is going to be great. I will download it day one, which appears to be March 3rd. <laughs> but as of now, it's just like, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll play it when it comes out, I guess. Yep. Oh, the PSVR 2 comes out in, uh, in February. Okay. All right. Are That's either it. of you excited are getting that or interested in it i'm no. probably gonna buy it i i just literally finished writing a, a vr thing for somebody um so i'm i'm pretty deep into vr that's just the way it is so mm. i was like maybe maybe sony is gonna send one 
Like it, it was very, 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 very long shot. But I was like, maybe I'm like, nah. They're not, not sending happening. out a ton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll put it that so, way. So uh, uh, I was like, maybe I'll just buy this. Yeah, because my VR people are telling me that the headset itself is very, very nice in terms of VR headsets. Yeah, nice. I, I tried it at TGS and again uh, at CES. It was it's a very nice head. It's more comfortable, I feel like, than the MetaQuest is. Okay. And like well, that's it, something. it's a de- it's a decent leap over the PSVR, which itself I think was already more comfortable than MetaQuest was. Yeah. My my, uh, my I, thing with VR systems is like if you're not easily integrating in with you know with with apps and infrastructures that aren't tied to a specific game console, if you're not doing stuff that's not that I'm not that super interested in your VR headset. Like I feel like it's got to be pretty cross um cross platform like i yeah. i've i've got to have that like i want to be able to you know quickly go over to browse and do some other stuff and I, that's kind of why i like the the quest even though i think the uh the actual infrastructure of the the software and the the comfort of the hardware itself is not that great but i don't know i'm not a big hard, i'm not a big vr sicko either so uh yeah but yeah uh, my studio has a game logic with that, so I'm going to refrain from just talking about hey, any, of the, any of the launch games at all. That's but, fair. Like, Fantasia seems neat. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Deep in March, or not deeper, deeper in March, there's that Fatal Frame remaster of the Wii game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm holding back, but inside I'm going, yeah! <laughs> uh, more Fatal Frame is always a good thing. This is a, yeah. a, a remaster, I think. Not yeah, even. I don't. I don't think it's a full-on remake of the Wii game. Yeah. Uh, so, but that that was a good sure. game. I remember playing it in, on the Wii. It was one of the better Fatal Frames. Which I I tried playing the Wii U one recently, like the the remaster they put on Switch and all the new systems, and it just wasn't interesting. Like, mm-hmm. both like my partner and I were playing it together, and we were both like, you just want to stop and watch a movie or something instead. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that interested in Bayonetta. The Origins game. No. Like, I'd be interested in, like, a new Bayonetta. With, sure. Like, maybe this thing surprises me. I don't know. Yeah. I am, however, very interested in Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah. I think that'll be good. Um, yeah. I, I like, I still kind of couldn't give a shit about Cal, but I I like I like a lot of what they've set up in that world. And um, Respawn's, I think, very quietly one of my favorite devs in, in the world. So I'll kind of, kind of, I'll check out what of kind of whatever they do. Um, yeah. yeah. They've yet to make a miss, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, the closest yeah. was The Last Jedi game. Mm-hmm. That's yep. only... Be- not the not the Last Jedi game. The Last <laughs> Jedi Thorner game. Right. Because they... That game just wasn't really finished, uh, I feel like. It wasn't... It was buggy. It was, bu- it, it it was ne- finished. It yeah. needed, like, another, like, three months of polish. Yeah, it did. Uh, hopefully, they get all the polish they need with this one. Yep. The fact... Like releasing, I'm always suspicious of games that release in March uh-huh. because, yeah. like, that is the end of the it's the end of a quarter for everyone. It's the end of a financial year for many, mm-hmm. and that's a like sometimes that's the dumping ground. Yep. So when I see like let's say Mass Effect Andromeda mm-hmm. come out for the March release date for some reason, like that's uh-huh. suspicious. That's right. that could be bad. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. We'll have to see it if that is for this case. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 4 also in March. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, definitely, yeah, you know, it's like, 
I, I've, it's the, it's the Skyrim of the survival horror genre. It's been on a million things. This is finally the, uh, the remake and it sounds like they're making some interesting changes and I'm, I'm definitely all in again. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I'm I ready am, for it. Having played the demo, my only, this is not a concern per mm-hmm. se. Okay. This is, I have played Resident Evil four too many times and now sure. my, the way I, at least I have played it, have become stuck. Uh-huh. But like the the limitations of the knife now, uh, where sure. it is only used as a thing that can like is a consumable essentially. It's a consumable, and, just like yeah. in Resident Evil Two, the remake. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did, I didn't know you could parry with it in the demo because I didn't explain that in the demo. Right. So, so next time I play it, I'll probably have like more things to do with it. But the way I used to play RE Four was the most boring way possible, <laughs> where yeah. it, you just shoot someone in the knees, uh-huh. go knife, and slash knife, them knife. like five. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. then back up again and shoot them in the knees again. And maybe that's good. This game is stopping me from doing that. <laughs> yeah. But I did die at least twice in that demo trying to like get this process to work. And it doesn't because I didn't have enough knives to mm-hmm. do it. So mm-hmm. hopefully this is better than hopefully it makes me play in a better way. And hopefully doing that makes RA4 feel new and fresh. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, oddly enough, my big question isn't about RE4 and if RE4 will be good. It's if they will do Code Veronica next. Because mm. uh, they, they've they essentially run into almost the end of the, the remake spree. Like mm. remaking mm. five isn't really all that worthwhile. You're right. It would not be that worthwhile. It would be insane if they did that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so like, I, I, they have to do like Code Veronica or Zero, and that's that's it. Like, I, I will say that I'm not speaking out of school here, I guess, but I don't. Those are not off the table for okay. Capcom. All right. I think they 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 know they should do Code Veronica X at some point. Right. I. I don't think your suppositions about five and six are necessarily going to hold water for them. Oh no, Capcom! We we'll mm. s- we'll see how long it takes to get to them. Like, but like I, Code Veronica is a good one because there's enough problems in that game as well that people aren't going to be too mad if you change up the pacing in some sections of that game. Right? Yeah, I think so too. I think there's a a very vocal contingent that really wants a remake of Code Veronica X, and I think they will get it at some point. I d- don't know if it's currently, like, greenlit or what, but I am don't think it's off the table. I R-E-5. think they've, they've been visiting oh. that idea. Oh. Who knows? I could be completely wrong about that. They could, <laughs> they could not be doing that at all. You well, never we'll find know. find out. Yeah. Uh, does anyone care about Crime Boss Rock Hay City? I don't know what it is. They had that trailer oh, at the Game Awards. They right. showed it. No, but they, they showed it. But there's not a no, ton of gameplay. Like, no, I don't know no. what kind of game it is. And it's coming out in March. And it has a Chuck Norris joke, which is, like, already oh, enough for me to go, like, Epic bacon, ah, dude. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is not going to be it. Uh-uh. No. Who knows? Maybe that game comes out and it's, like, surprisingly great. I think I think right. the question mark that's currently marked for March right now is System Shock, which is... yes. Night Dives, uh, revival of this game, and I mean, I feel like the gestation of any sort of System Shock revival has been going on for like, 
I, I, was, I mean, I remember reading about this in my studio in Austin in 2012 and being like, oh, wow, they're going to they're going to do this. So that's a massive, massive, massive lead up to this. And there's no yeah. way it could probably lead, you know, uh, meet that kind of um, expectation. But I'm definitely excited to see uh, if it does. I don't think it's s- hitting in March. I don't know. I totally agree with you too. Like it doesn't have a firm date yet. It could easily move. Right. But. I was going to say they have time, but no, it's the end of January. They probably mm-hmm. don't actually have time. Nope. I saw, I saw, well, they night dive showed me a video in a hotel room last year. Uh-huh. So it looked fine. That looked like a game that was like making good progress. Sure. I would, I would not be shocked by a, de- by a delay, but if at like some point in the next month and a half, they say it's actually coming out this yep. day. Also wouldn't be like incredibly right. shocked either. All right. Uh let's see. Wow, April's kind of a whiff, huh? April's kind of a whiff. We got Minecraft uh, Legends, which like I think if you're into that game, into that genre, I think that's exciting. We saw an extended trailer and look at that game at the uh, developer direct. And yeah, I, I that game looks fun to watch to me. So like it, it, you know, if that's a game that people like to do, the PvP stuff seems kind of fun. Um, you know, those Minecraft spinoffs are actually mostly pretty good, honestly. So um, that team's, you know, Mo Yang's doing some good stuff with that that property. Um, even yeah. at, if, I, I think even game, after even after Hatsune Miku left. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that game is going to quietly become probably pretty big. Like yeah, they, I think they've so done too. the action RPG Minecraft thing before, and it didn't necessarily work out great right like i i don't know what numbers that game did but right. mm-hmm. this seems like they're actually hitting on what makes minecraft popular so yep, yep. uh dead island 2 sure. the famous island of los angeles yeah sure is yeah c- coming out end of march or end of april mm-hmm. like i feel nothing about that game feel nothing I, I didn't really feel anything about Dead Island One, much less Dead Island Riptide. Right. Uh, so it, it's damn buster. So like, like Homefront: The Revolution isn't a great game, but it's yeah. a fine game. So I expect this to be fine. Yeah. I'll probably play it and enjoy it. There's nothing there in April, anyways. Um, and it'll it'll be a good palate cleanser uh, for May, which uh, has at least a couple of a, a good Bangers. strong choices for me. Yeah, I feel like as a as a market, we've moved past the funny zombie game. Uh, I, yeah. You know what? You'd you'd hope so. <laughs> I feel like, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's uh, it's a it's a pass for me for sure. There's actually several bangers in May. May is crazy. May yeah. is nuts. May uh, is crazy just now, and like I'm sure more things will get announced uh-huh. for it soon. Yeah. Um, uh, Red Redfall's the start, right? That's May second. Yes. Um, which apparently had a, we did, so we're recording or we started recording during the Microsoft developer direct. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't see the Redfall segment cause we had to record like to maximize our Natalie time. I, we had to record, I, like, at the I watched it muted. I did watch it. muted. Same. It looks, yeah. it looks cool. Um, I, like it looks more varied in its gameplay than I think, uh, the initial looks at it. Um, would lead you to believe I was not actually a big death loop fan. Um, Same. So, I kind of fell off that game. Like, yeah. I, I was like, this is a neat idea and just never finished it. And to me that the actual, the actual gimmick, um, it, it, I, I think it's a matter of taste. I think they did that well and it was very well executed in a lot of ways, but like, 
I think ultimately I I figured out that 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 time looping thing was not um, something that I was super attached to. Redfall looks to be more of a coherent singular experience and you're out in this kind of world and you're doing stuff, uh, you know, trying to rid this island of this evil. And I did think it was, um, I am liking this game the the more I, the more I see it. So. Yeah. The developer described it as, uh, in a preview before this, like as far cry. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get what this sure. game is now. Like, right. yeah. like part of the, problem when they announce a lot of these games it's like oh look at all of this stuff like but what is the game itself right and so mm-hmm. like when they were like oh it's kind of like a far cry game it's like our spin on it with vampires i'm like okay i can get what you're putting down and it looked pretty good uh in the gameplay trailers and uh it's four player co-op which i think will be a lot of fun right yeah and i basically the response i've seen on twitter after that event was like oh shit redfall is great Mm-hmm. So yep. I'm going to go watch the segment after this, but yeah. maybe I should be putting, I kind of written that game off a little bit, but I think now I need to go back and be like, okay, I, let's see what this game actually has to offer. I'm looking really forward to playing that game a lot for 10 days and then basically not picking it up for another, I'm going to guess six months because yeah. on the 12th, we've got tears of the kingdom. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That's baby. Kind of my, my most anticipated game of the year yep. easily. Which is like, maybe that game is going to be like a retread of Breath of the Wild in some ways. Be. I don't know. Yep. I think Nintendo knows they can't just pull a Majora's Mask of Breath of the Wild. Right. But like ha- half the reason I'm I'm interested in this game is it's a sequel to one of the best games of all time. Yes. If not the best game of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other half is I think Nintendo knows they have that pressure on them and they know they have to do like it is. As of 2023, five years yep. since Breath of the Wild came out. Mm-hmm. Like, they know this game has to hit. And this has to be the sequel to a game that has sold 25 million copies yep. and reestablish them as one of the best developers in the business mm-hmm. currently. Yep. So, even though I don't really know what this game has beyond Link is falling and <laughs> the castle is rising, yeah. like, it ha- they ha- it has to be something. I am essentially hyped on blind faith. There is a delicious mystery at the center of this, which is yes. you know, there's narratively a, a delicious mystery, which is always great. I love that. I don't know what, you know, I don't you know who's in the fucking basement of the castle. What are we seeing? Are we seeing things in the past? How can you go back in time? Like there's a delicious narrative mystery, but there's also a delicious delicious mechanical mystery here. I have absolutely no idea how this game is structured. I don't know what they're going to take away from us. I don't know what they're going to add uh, to this entire thing. And there is something exhilarating and frankly, very scary about that because they're not going to market this game in a traditional way. They didn't market Breath of the Wild in a traditional way. They kind of gave us little tiny bits of it, and then they, they came out, and we were just in this world. And that's and it seems like that's what we're doing with this one, too. And I'm hopeful and also very confident that this team absolutely knows how to crush it. But I, there is this weird part in the back of my mind that's like, what's the other shoe dropping here? Because... If it's just more of the same, I'm going to be really psyched about that, but I know that's going to be disappointing for a contingent yeah. of people. 
But what is the thing that's going to be different? Is it going to be different enough? Are we going to see the return of big, like, chunky dungeons that we can really sink our teeth into? Because that's kind of the one bugaboo I feel like the purists kind of got mad about, um, you know, is weapon durability going away, which like, I hope to God it won't, you know, like there's just stuff that I am so excited to just learn. Um, and I'm mostly very excited and confident about it, but I do have questions. So, yeah, there, there have been people who have for the last five years been sharpening their knives about breath of the wild specifically, but now tears of the kingdom that are ready to go knives out the second this game comes out. So like, does, how aware is that team of what they need to change or do they care? Do they fucking care? Right. Exactly. Right. Are, are they once again confident they are making what is going to be one of the best games of all time? Yep. Or is, is there even a way a sequel to breath of the wild can in any way have the same impact? Yeah, exactly. I also think that's probably impossible too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a the lot other of way to questions. do that would be to do something like wildly different, which is wildly different, possibly on the table. So, possible. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of wildly different, Suicide Squad is also coming out that month. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know what to think of that game. Nah, I, I remember. So there was that thing, like, which is not necessarily confirmed, but it was a like leak of an image from a menu that implied that this is going to be more games as a service than we think. And like people were very disappointed in it, but what it did for me is I realized, oh, this game is a shooter, huh? Yes, because a multiplayer the, shooter. That was the thing I was like. A lot of people focused on the battle pass. I was like, whatever, it's it's Warner Brothers. Yeah, so let's flip. Uh, but everybody, like everybody, had a gun. Like even Captain yeah. Boomerang yeah. has a gun. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a shooter. King Shark has like a big mini gun. This yeah. is just a multiplayer <laughs> shooter with a DC skin. Could be good. Could be bad. I yeah. don't know. I expected something different, but right. it's it's very disappointing because this is the studio that essentially pioneered the modern superhero action game battle system, right? Or like even three D action battle system for the most sure. part. Yeah. And then their their big follow up after years, like it's been eight years since Arkham Knight. Their big follow up is I don't know. You shoot now. Yep. Like you just you you hold left trigger and then press right trigger. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, given the rumors from uh, nominal folks, like the third game that they they've done. Like this is the one that they were able to keep going. Yeah. Um. That I I don't know enough about. I don't have any like I'm not that in tune with Arkham or uh, with Rocksteady. But I would not be shocked if they. We're working on prototypes that just never saw the light of day. Right. Yeah, the two rumors were the Superman game, apparently, like another Superman game, and then a Damian Wayne, Damian Wayne Batman game. Ah, okay. Um, and then I guess this is the one that worked out, and I assume that's probably because it was probably pitched as a live service game, and Warner Brothers is like, yeah, that's that's it right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be hard to not be as bad or to be as bad as Gotham Knights was. So uh, yeah. it's going to at least compare favorably or favorably to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It just you're giving Captain Boomerang a gun. Like, give him Boomerang. Let let King Shark like ram through walls and like throw things around. Like, what? That should be a Hulk Oklahoma destruction game with him in it or something. Right. 
it's it's just disappointing. Also, that, like, you're going up against the Justice League. What 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 are bullets doing to like Russian uh-huh, right. yeah, Hunter yeah. woman? Yeah, uh, yeah Wonder yeah. Woman. Are, are they going to do the cop out of like we've kryptonite laced these bullets or something? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Hmm. Ah. <sighs> yeah. Oh well. I, maybe that game. Maybe that game will blow us away. We'll see. Uh, WrestleQuest I played last year and I thought it was like pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, it's listed as TBA May right now. Hopefully, they have a a date at some point. Yeah, June, June, also also, also insane. Yep, we start out with Street Fighter Six on the second, uh, which is I think based on the betas and every time I play that game, a reasonable chance at Game of the Year, even amongst all this other stuff. Which is which is nuts to me because if you had if you had told me, okay, Tears of the Kingdom is going to come out. Let's say it's as good as Breath of the Wild, and I would go, oh well, that's going to be absolutely the game of the year, no question about it. But everything that I have experienced with Street Fighter Six, I'm just like, I mean, even so, even if the, all of that's true, I don't know if Street Fighter Six isn't you know my most anticipated game of the year because I think it is, um, which is shocking. To admit, um, but it looks it looks incredible to me. Yeah, Street Fighter Six looks like they learned all the right lessons from Five. Right, which is it's rare to see a company go, "Oh wow, we did fuck we up. really us, did fuck up." Yeah, let right. us be like incredibly responsive to that. Yeah, uh, I I've not played Diablo Four, but I thought the showing last year at Microsoft's looks summer, cool. Yeah, I, I that played was really it, good, uh, and I can say from my preview that. Uh, I got to the end of it and I was like, damn, I'd like to play some more. Like, uh-huh. like it's just good old classic Diablo. It's classic it's, Diablo. Um, with a little, you know, MMO spin because it's always online. And then yeah. you also see people like walking around the world while you're doing your own thing. Yep. So there's a little of that. But otherwise, it's, it's Diablo. Like, yeah. This is done right, and since it's also like in 3D, they do some cool cinematic tricks and stuff. But I mean, it's Diablo, like, and, and that's yeah. the kind of thing you just needed to do Diablo, y'all. Yeah. Plus, the Diablo like launching on Game Pass is going to be a much easier buy oh, for me. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, oh, I'll just I'll just download this right now and just start playing yep. it alongside the rest of the world right today. Yeah, hundred percent. FM16 looks really good. There's just yeah, like, there's, I, yeah, I'm, 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 mi- I'm mixed on it. Like, not in a gameplay sense, but in a story sense. I, I'm, I'm very hopeful, but I, there, there have just also been what I would call unforced errors when it comes to some of the reveals yeah. of this stuff. You know, the interviews yeah. have not been great. I think people are asking the right tough questions to the directors and, and producers of this game. Um, and, uh, I, I also think this is going to be one of those games that like we see what we see, but we actually have no inkling of how massive this game is going to be. I feel like this is going to be some sort of like, you know, because I feel like that was how Elden Ring was too, of just kind of like, well, we we have some sense that this is going to be a big open world game. We understand that. And it's going to be, you know, it's, it's from soft. They have a lot of budget. They have a lot of talented folks. I, I still don't think we really truly understood how big that game was until we kind of got into it. And I kind of feel like 16 might be the same deal of like, oh, wow, we've only kind of scratched the surface of what this game is. Um but yeah, so I don't feel like I have a whole handle on it, but I'm excited about it. I, I But I do have questions about the narrative. Yeah. Like you're right that the unforced errors are just kind of ridiculous or silly. Yeah. Like 
when someone asks you about diversity, you shouldn't be like, eh, it's realistic really to have a shouldn't. world that's mm-hmm. yeah has as many people of color as an episode of Friends. Like it's yeah. They could do better than this, but I I bet when that game comes out, we'll still be crowing on that. But I bet yep. that's still going to be a very good video. Yeah, game. I mean, I, uh, I I of all of the things, I trust Yoshi P, and, sure. and his team there to deliver something that's good. It's just one of those moments where I'm like, well, you could have done a li- like a little bit better, little little tweaks there. Um, especially given this is um, the folks, uh, a lot of the team of this worked on The Last Remnant. Yeah. And so mm. it feels a lot like doing that again, just yeah. like from the, the setup of it. Yeah. All right. right, let's. right. I'm trying to go down the, uh, the list of things that is that are unscheduled, but sup- offering 2023. I don't well, think Alan Wake 22 is making 2023 for the record, but the things I've heard about that game have been great. Yeah. Um, really interesting. I actually think Yacht Club's Mina the Hollower is actually one of my most oh, wait, did I miss anticipated. That? That's up in December. Um, okay. So that still has no date, but uh, Yacht Club says it's coming out in December. And um, that's the Link's Awakening like. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex Van Aken, I think, is the one who produced that video, I think for Hmm. Game Informer. Um, And it's really good. Uh, It's like a really interesting dive into that game and how how it kind of came about. Um, I think that game looks really, really cool. Uh, I am someone that has not been... uh, I wouldn't say I'm like a Shovel Knight obsessive, but I've really respected the way that Yacht Club has taken just the philosophy of, okay, what if we didn't stop evolving 8-bit game design uh, when we decided that we were technologically above it, right? Like, um, I love that idea. And this is kind of one of those, like, what if we took a Game Boy Advance game and really, really fleshed it out, made it really deep and interesting and chewy, and um, I'm I'm excited for this game. So that's one of my most anticipated. But doesn't have a date yet, but they say it's December. Yeah. Uh, going back down this list there's Alan Wake 2 Armored Core 6 like you said I don't know if that's making it you know Alan Wake 2 I'm down I'd I'd probably bet because like From doesn't delay games all that often that's true they just they just don't talk about a date until that's true usually when they talk about it yeah that's true Assassin's Creed Mirage I'm I'm a huge Uh huge Assassin's Creed fan and I'm fine with the RPG ones but the fact that they are going to maybe alternate between those and a smaller, straightforward Assassin's Creed. Really yeah. exciting. Yeah. I think it's like, definitely Assassin's Creed one too. Yeah. Not like yeah. other ones between the the two types, but like they're going back to one specifically, which had a different, like heavier feel. I'm definitely excited that they're kind of going back to the roots on that for sure. Yeah. Uh Natalie already mentioned it, but Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. If that actually comes next year, I'm excited as hell. Yep. Me too. Ho- hopefully that is the game they 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 honor how good remake one was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like my three games are coming out this year. Uh, My three RPGs. So blue protocol is one of them. Uh, Grand blue fantasy relink. Yeah. I was going to mention that as well. Project RE fantasy. I don't know if that's actually coming, but Mm. I feel like we're going to see persona six first. That makes sense. 
That 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 to me just feels like the, the direction it's going to go. But maybe they they start trying to do tease them concurrently. Yeah. Uh, Metal Slug Tactics is one of those uh, .emu joints that I'm kind of excited to see what they do with. Um, that doesn't have oh, a date yet, but I'm I excited forgot. about that. Uh, Disguise 7, I think. Is yeah, Disguise 7. Hopefully That's soon. That's like in a week, six, right? 6 was real bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> 6 was the one where they like went 3D, right? Like yes, 3D models. And it didn't look quite right, and the stuff they've shown from 7 <laughs> looks better. Yeah. Um, and hopefully the game is better because I yeah. know they're they're struggling. Yep. Uh, Marvel Spider Man Two. That's the game I that I'm just kind of confident is going to be good because like you could just make like a better looking Spider Man, and I'll be like, okay, I'm, uh-huh. I'm I'm excited for just that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that I mean, was, it's gonna be good. Yeah, I, those I, game those games are good. Uh, I like Miles Morales a lot, so I'm excited about it too. Yeah, I just recently jumped back into Miles Morales on PC, and it's still like even replaying. And I'm like, oh, this is still this is still a banger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pikmin Four is apparently this year. Yep. So I just I went back and played Pikmin Three Deluxe. I never finished the game on Wii U. I, I got to a point where I was like, oh, this must be the middle of the game, and after this, starts really starts to kick off. Then it just ended. It ends. Yeah. 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 Like that game was really short, mm-hmm. and like. I'm hoping Pikmin 4 is maybe not as short. Maybe Pikmin 4 just has a bit more to it. It was a really good video game. It was just right. like extremely short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not pro- positive Pragmata exists anymore. No. Like, I don't I don't know if that game is still in development or if it is, like, when they're going to show more of it. I mean, we've got, uh, really, I mean, it's, I don't, I mean, Sea of Stars is that prequel to The Messenger, which is kind of interesting uh, RPG. Yeah. Um, and then you've got this kind of like, you know, it's like stalker two. Does that hit a date? Because obviously that team has been dealing with a ton of, you know, they, they had all the, the NFT bullshit that they kind of yeah. backed off from, but then also the of course day. the fucking war breaks out, which is totally, um, totally, uh, you know, messed and up. They're, their, and they're still schedule. like in the war, in the war. They're like, still in like, it. Like they're like, still in it, in yeah. it. On the Twitter so, account, like, oh, we're in a bunker right now. Yeah. They, right. They've had to move buildings multiple times. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like uh, I appreciate that they say this is still a 2023 joint. I I don't think it is. Um, I think this gets moved again. And then Starfield, like I I know I should not <laughs> keep putting my faith in these games to do the things that Todd says they're going to do. But I have to admit, like I'm like I guess I'm in. Like I'm uh, why not? I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna see if it's. Uh, a better experience than the last Fallout games that they've made. Um, I'm going to see if it kind of scratches some of the Elder Scrolls itch, but just in outer space. Um, I'm willing. My mind is open. That's what I'll say. For me, it depends a lot on what did they learn from Fallout 4, if yeah, anything. If anything. And it, right. if the answer is like, Nothing. we thought Fallout 4 was a great game. Uh-huh. And, and it's a we problem. Didn't, yeah. Oh, then no. I, we'll see how Starfield <laughs> comes out. Like, I think yeah. there's a, it's been a long time since Skyrim, and in it's been what it was like 2011, right? Uh-huh. 11, 11, yeah, 11. Long time ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been like 12 years since that game. Yep. I there's got to have been like turnover at Bethesda Game Studios. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Like how much of Skyrim was how much of Skyrim and Fallout Three mm-hmm. were people who no longer work there? Right. And if that if the answer is a lot, then 
I I do worry, like, what if they don't ever capture that magic again? Right. Yep. Which is entirely possible. That's a good question. Yep. Like, it's, it can't all be Todd Howard. And if it is all Todd Howard, then you guys are in a huge problem mm-hmm. whenever he decides to retire. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's... I'm looking... I, I'm sure we are missing things because I like my eyes glaze over this list. I but know, right? Yeah, and is, I mean, there's another Yakuza game. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that, that Kiryu game that they've talked about. Kiryu with his bad, bad hair. Oh, horrible yes. hair. Yep. They they need to let Kiryu go. Yeah. I I understand why they're so wary of it, but yeah, they, I agree. They need to let him go. If if you're gonna write him out and you're going to pass the torch, you can't then just go back to be like, all right, now he's in the new game again. Yeah, I agree. All right, that there's like 15 Warhammer games too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Warhammer Rogue Trader. Uh, I. Don't know if that's coming out this year. I've already been playing it because it's in early access. It's good. It's Mike, you good. might know this. I, I forgot to ask Nier about this to tell me like what exactly happened. Why did I see an apology on Twitter for a Warhammer game I've never heard of? And they were like, we're sorry this game is terrible. Uh, oh, I, don't I don't know. Is it Dark Tide? Maybe like Dark Tide maybe just that might have been it. Um, and maybe if anything, they probably uh, people were complaining about. Uh, the system to unlock cosmetics and stuff. I remember that when it came out, uh, but I hadn't seen any apology yet. I'd have to look it okay. up. Okay, I saw I saw a thing on Twitter, and I didn't know enough to like commit it to memory. <laughs> there was not there were too many blank spaces there. But yeah, that would uh, be yeah. Th- it was Dark Tide. It's, okay, yeah, the Fat Shark, uh, which is the developer of uh, Vermintide One and Two, and this one. I guess apologize to be like, yeah, we we kind of screwed up on that launch, and I think a lot of that was um, like stability, and then also like trying to unlock stuff. Like a lot of people were just like really angry about unlocking cosmetics and shit like that. Mm. Got it. Know your audience. Like you can't make money off a thing that people are going to be mad about because then you just have to spend money removing it later. Right. All right. We'll we'll wrap it up there. We're we're again past two hours. A thing that I every week say, let's avoid that this week. And then we, I'm the one who drives conversation. Here further. we are. Yep. Here we are. Uh, we'll be back again in two weeks to with a another podcast, another group. And I have no idea what we're talking about, but hopefully it's probably going to be video games. Uh, you can find me on proscons.com, which is if you're not aware of this website or already, then be aware of it. Subscribe. We're doing weekly newsletters. We're doing bi-weekly podcast. And at some point, somewhere along the line, I will actually start writing that game of the year list I keep meaning to do. Uh, you also find me on Twitter at ImranZUMG. You can find Natalie earlier said hurt at Hurtamesia. John, where can people find you online? You can find me at Floppy Adult. I'm also uh, streaming a couple times a week at twitch.tv slash floppy adult. So just catch me there. Uh, Mike Williams, where can people find you online? You can find me every day at Twitter before it burns down at automatic Zen Z and uh, still, I'm like last man standing at fanbyte.com. <laughs> Might literally be true at some point, yes. Um, and uh, I have a substack called Stuff Worth Knowing where I cover business-related news from tech entertainment games and all that stuff. You have a layoff section now, which is literally, like, this so is not depressing. an insult to you. This is an insult to everyone in the world that that thing is outdated 
the next day. Usually. I know. I know. Yeah. No, yeah. every, 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 every week I'm just like, oh, I'm so tired of writing about layoffs. <laughs> I tried to list them and then there have been seven more since the last time I listed them in last week's newsletter. Uh, you can also find our wonderful producer, Jordan Mallory at Jordan underscore Mallory online. And uh, I think that's it. I think we're wrapping up there. So parting thoughts, hopefully 2023 is a banger year. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, it's there's a, a lot of stuff I'm really excited about. So yeah, yeah both yeah. in games and out of it. Yep. Real strong. Year, hopefully. Yep. All right. Thank you guys for coming. We'll see you all in two weeks. Yeah.